might hear talking chimpanzees, Parker quarterbacks, Matt Blitzowders in a bees, Bobby roaring fast. You and me, we're here for this to catch the latest show. Kingdom Five, them super flex. Come on in, let's go. Hey y'all, prepare yourself for the super flex pod. Back to another episode of Superflex. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Matt. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I actually, I'll, I'll have something for our positive news this week. So excited about that! I got a, I went out. I couldn't handle the haircut situation anymore. It had been July since uh, since uh, uh, January that I had a haircut, and I've been trying really not hard not to go out, but I couldn't handle it anymore. So I got a haircut. Um, so things are good, man. Yeah, I'm with you. I actually got a haircut before I started my job. It's weird because they uh, put on like a welder's mask. I don't know if they did that with you too. Uh, no, actually. And I was a little bit sad because the person that I was with, he had a buff around his neck, um, but he didn't actually put it up until I asked him to. Um, I was I almost walked out when I saw him not wearing it initially, but it's kind of like my local shop and I want to support them and all that. So uh, I probably should have encouraged that behavior, but he did put it up once I asked him. So it was all right. Yeah, it's always good to shop local. It was definitely interesting to get my haircut with the uh, Walder's mask, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, we've made our guest wait long enough. So I'm going to introduce our guest. We are lucky enough to be joined by Scott Connor. You all should know him as Charles Chills FB on Twitter. He's a fellow writer of ours at Dynasty League Football. He hosts his own podcast, the Dynasty Chill Pod. He's the co-host of Chase the Helmet, and he's also a four-time FFPC main event champion, which I actually did not know until I looked at your bio earlier today. That's very impressive. But welcome to the show, Scott, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. Uh, I've listened to the show in the past, so honored to be here and have a haircut story uh, that I'll tell here in a second if you want me to... uh, (laughs) Kick it back to you to continue the intro, or should I go ahead and tell my no, haircut no, story? No, absolutely. Now? Go with your haircut story. If you've listened to the show, you know that we go on <laughs> plenty of tangents. Yeah, yeah. So obviously during the quarantine, I couldn't go out and get a haircut. And I usually go in, I'm the best customer because I go in and just say military style cut, buzz it off. And they look at me like, really? That's all you want? You don't actually want like to sit in the chair and take more than five minutes? And so usually <laughs> I'm the customer that they love because they, you know, they get paid, boom, turn the chair, come in, get somebody else. But I couldn't go out and get a haircut. And it started to get a little shaggy. And this, I know we're on video, but this beard is probably three days old. So, I mean, it grows fast. And, yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, so you can relate that that those couple days after the shave is like it, it, you're shocked how fast it comes back. Like a week later, it doesn't <laughs> even look like you even touched it. But no, I decided to give myself a haircut during the quarantine, which sounds great, except when you miss a spot in the back and then go back to work, and someone wonders if that should be if that should be like that. <laughs> well, what are you talking about? But yeah, missed about a probably an inch by inch spot on the back of the left side of my head and almost a little splotch so never giving myself a military style cut again so there's my hair custom nice yeah you should probably stay away from giving yourself haircuts i actually before i decided to bite the bullet and do this one i had my wife just clean it up around the ears a little bit and when i went in they were like don't do that you basically messed up your hair 
I said I did it myself because I didn't want them to blame her at all because she was trying to do me a favor. Nice. Yeah. So that is what happens when you try to give yourself a haircut in quarantine. Take that advice from Scott. Don't do it. And we're going to talk about uh, another. I'm trying to find a way to transition this here. I guess the best way would be like, we're going to talk about a quarterback that some people think is the equivalent of giving yourself a haircut. And that's Josh Allen. Uh, Scott and I were having a conversation on Twitter recently about the fact that his ADP is so high, but his trade value doesn't really match that. And Scott, just why don't you give a little background on that and also give your thoughts and then we'll jump over to Matt and his thoughts. Yeah. So our topic really came out of a Twitter post that I put out there and said that, is there a quarterback that's market value is so far off from his ADP because yeah, Josh Allen is according to DLF, he's quarterback eight, but it seems like if you have Josh Allen, you're not, you're not finding any equivalent. If you wanted to trade him, you're not finding any equivalent pivots out there where you're able to even get anything on top of some quarterbacks that are a little bit further down. And I think our discussion turned into, you can't even swap him straight up for a lot of guys that are quote unquote lower than him in ADP. And you know, I think that's for two reasons. I think one, a lot of people that have Josh Allen are people that believed in him or at least believed in the value because he was going, you know, mid second of super flex drafts when he came out, which in hindsight is a mistake. You know, we've learned from Josh Allen and Daniel Jones, and maybe we'll even learn from a little bit more expensive Justin Herbert this year. But I think a lot of people that have Josh Allen are, are kind of acknowledging the fact that they got him at a deal and they're trying to sell high. You know, they're trying to sell because he has that ADP quarterback eight next to his name. But I do think they also acknowledge that, you know, hey, this is a big year for Josh Allen. This is his third year. And for fantasy, he's been great. But I think we're kind of going to we're kind of going towards in the NFL where teams are not necessarily tying themselves to these quarterbacks for as long as they used to. You know, it used to be if you were a first round pick, you were going to get five years unless you could never get on the field. You know, a guy that started two years right away like Allen was probably going to roll out his entire five years. And I just don't know if that's going to necessarily be the case. I mean, we're probably going to see it with Trubisky. He'll get the plug pulled on him probably before his five years are up. Um, And then we've seen, you know, kind of the fallout from Mariota and Winston, you know, not getting second contracts as a starter. So I just think there's a little risk with these guys that are the third year, you know, Mayfield, Allen, Darnold. I think this is a big year for them. Uh, If they don't go forward in terms of the eyes of their franchise, I think there's some risk that especially Allen, because I think he's polarizing. He obviously is good for fantasy, but I think he's seen from a real NFL perspective as much worse than he is from a fantasy perspective. Uh, So I think there's some risk with him. So yeah, I've been trying to pivot off of him, but maybe I'm trying to get a little bit too much. You know, I'm trying to swap him out for, you know, Daniel Jones. That's probably not one you can do. So the move I was trying to make is really, you know, if you're, if you think that maybe he only has a two or three year shelf life, you probably only have a, you still have the same shelf life with a guy like Matt Ryan or Aaron Rodgers. You know, they're going to be starters as long as they're in the NFL. So, you know, trying to make a pivot like that, I've even been unsuccessful. I tried to buy Matt Ryan for a while and couldn't even trade, you know, Josh Allen for Matt Ryan plus. So just hard to trade him for his market value, you know, based on his ADP. So you're almost just kind of stuck with where the community is on him right now. Yeah. Matt, what do you think about all that? Yeah. He makes me nervous as well. Um, he averaged about 56% completion rate in college at Wyoming. He's at, at through two years in the NFL. Uh, he had a 52.8 in his rookie season and 58.8 for an average of 56.3. So he seems to be like that mid fifties passer. And that's kind of what he's going to be. And 
for a coach. Uh, I imagine that is pretty mind numbing. So the Bills did pull, uh, uh, went ahead and drafted a safer guy this year and Jake Fromm. So if, if they are wanting that, you know, more of that extension of the coach, kind of that safer play, then, you know, Fromm is certainly there and maybe an option for them in the future. So I, I agree with Scott for the most part. Like he's never been somebody I've been super on. Uh, obviously, like you said, great for fantasy with his rushing ability and his, the touchdowns, but those aren't going to be there every year. And now they have a, 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 a bigger back there uh, and, and Zach Moss that can take some of that away from him potentially. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not super into Josh Allen at all. In fact, I move, I did move a share. I looked after I saw him on the, show notes and we were going to talk about him. And I, I listened to Scott earlier this week on, I think the blueprint when uh, you guys were talking about Josh Allen a little bit. So I wanted to look up uh, exactly what I did for him. So in red list two, which is a tight end two, two tight end required league, I moved uh, Allen, Marlon Mack and Dallas Goddard and picked up breeze Kareem hunt and George Kittle. Uh, I wanted to get that tight end upgrade. So, uh, cause it's a contending team. Um, so I was able to do that and I feel, felt good about it. I felt good about being able to get out of that, uh, a situation and you know he was my quarterback three so moved to onto breeze as a quarterback three that's fine uh and be able to pick up that that elite tight end and a, and a better running back situation as well so uh but i agree in general like it's hard to move him at all like if you want to take him and move down a few steps like it, it seems like something people are not willing to do right now so you might have to move down several steps or, or pick up something else uh uh, to kind of or, or add something to it to 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 really get what you want out of him right now. So difficult difficult piece to move and definitely full of risk. I think so. Not one of my favorite guys in the top ten. I think I have him uh, around twelve, maybe twelve or thirteen right now. Uh, right right around there with Daniel Jones. So if you can make that move, that's probably a good one. I have issues with Jones too, as Bobby well knows. But um, you know, a, a, as a pivot point, I think that is probably your best bet. But you might even have to add to that to get to Jones. Yeah, I can attest to that. Um, in my conversation with Scott, I was talking about the fact that I do have one Allen share. It's in a 12-team Superflex best ball, and I was trying to move him. I even tried to approach the Jones owner. Initially, I did Jones in a first, kind of just shooting the moon a bit there and seeing if they would go for it, and they said no. And then I came down to, okay, okay, I'll do it straight up for Jones. You're really twisting my leg here type strategy, and they still said no. So that just goes to show that I think Jones is already being more valued than Allen, despite the ADP. The the one thing I will say though, is like, I think one of the reasons why it's so hard to move him to a different spot is like, like after those top five, top six, if you want to throw Wilson in there, I, I don't know if I do based on age, but like after that, like the next what quarterback seven through what, like 20, maybe <laughs> like they all feel pretty like similar in terms of, you know, there's obviously some age difference there, maybe some upside differences there, but in terms of like just pure quarterback production, like it just seems like all of those guys could be quarterback seven, like this time next year. So I guess that's one argument for him. If he's your guy and you like the rushing ability and you aren't worried about the long-term risk of him remaining a starter, then, you know, he, he maybe has that upside, but for me, I'd rather try to get to one of these other guys um, in that, in that similar tier down all the way down to 20, all the way down, even to like, like if I have to move him for like, like what can I get? Uh, if, if I want to move him for Darnold, what can I get on top of Darnold for him? If I want to move him for Locke, what can I get on top of Locke for him? And if it's anything of significant value, like I'm, I'm willing to make those kind of moves all day. You mentioned Drew Locke and I threw up in my mouth a little bit. I, I know we talked about him. He's, I'm not the biggest fan either, but like, is there really a whole lot of difference between 
just from a pure production standpoint, is there really that much difference between Locke's outlook in 2020 and, and, and Josh Allen's? I mean, Locke has clearly has the better surrounding talent, right? So, uh, and, and feels like he's a safer guy. He's, he's maybe one you could, uh, and we, maybe we talked about this, Bobby, that maybe his long-term future also is pretty uncertain, but I'd say it's pretty close to what Allen's is. Yeah, it's totally fair. I'm just not a Locke guy. I will, I guess I do have one question for you and you mentioned the weapons a bit. And the question is for both of you. Did Buffalo trading for Stefan Diggs make you feel any better about Allen's outlook? So I think one thing I was going to say was exactly what you just asked is I think they bring in Stefan Diggs, who's known for his route running and his separation. So I think they're trying to build around Josh Allen in this window. I think the worry with him and Matt made a great point about Sam Darnold. I think if you're going to pivot off Allen, you have to do it to somebody else that the market sees as a little bit of a, a downtrodden asset as well. You know, Darnold, a lot of people are off of him for the same reason. They don't like his situation. They don't like his coach. But I think that the bigger worry for me with Allen and even with Daniel Jones, I think the risk that people see with Jones and Allen are similar. But with Jones, you're basically getting an extra year because he's only going into his sophomore year, whereas Allen's going to be in year three. I think the bigger worry with Allen is even if he shines with Diggs and even if he does take that step forward, What's his translation if the, because the thing, the other thing is we're going to see, we saw Mahomes get signed. We saw Watson about to get signed or potentially going to get signed. We're going to see Prescott get signed. So I think it's going to create this market to where there's basically going to be the haves and the have nots. And if you're a have not, it does not make sense to go down the Derek Carr, Andy Dalton route where you pay these guys like 25, 30 million if you know they're an average quarterback. So my question with Allen is not that I don't think he's a good enough starter to be a starter in the NFL, but let's say the Bills say, you know what, he's been solid, but we haven't gotten anywhere in the playoffs. We're going to move on, kind of like Tampa Bay did with Winston. What's his market to another team? The Bills have spent two years building around Josh Allen's style. If he all of a sudden became a free agent right now, how many teams actually would say, hey, this guy fits what we want? How many offensive coordinators or head coaches are going to say, you know what, we can work with this guy? So I, in that way, I actually like a guy like Darnold better because I think if you pulled NFL people, they would say they'd rather have Darnold right now where he is if they had two years to work with him versus Josh Allen. So that's my concern with Allen is if the Bills don't keep him, who who will tie themselves to him going forward? You know, are there only maybe three or four NFL teams that are going to say, yeah, we run a similar style. You know, we can make what he does work. Versus I think Mayfield or Darnold, if they don't hit that threshold where they get the big contract, I do think they will have more open possibilities for opportunities elsewhere. What about uh, as a backup to Lamar Jackson? How about that? That sounds pretty good for, for Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, exactly why you'd want to have him in Dynasty, right? Backup <laughs> right. in three years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we can move on because we're starting to get to the point where we're basically just ragging on Allen and uh, as someone who is still stuck with him, I have to ho- try to hold out some hope that he can be yeah, no, man. relevant. All for- those shares are not helping ourselves with this podcast, are we? <laughs> I, I, I would almost rather like, I mean, if you can make a move like that and get a significant piece on top of, again, somebody like Darnold, Goff, Locke, somewhere in that range. But I think, uh, honestly, if it's a super flex format, I would rather try. I, mean, I don't know how much it would cost you, I guess. You have to find the right guy. Find yourself a Bills fan and try to pay up for you know somebody above him. Pay up. How much does it cost to get from Allen to, to, to Wilson? I don't know. Maybe yeah. the first I would do it. I think that's worth doing. If you, if I will you say I shot window. myself in the foot a few months ago because I was talking with someone about uh, a Bills fan about trading for Josh Allen and he had Sam Darnold 
And it was before I really dug into Darnold more deeply over the last few seasons. But he was like, well, all I really have to offer you is Darnold and some pe- like maybe some picks or something. And I was like, eh, I'm not really feeling that based on more or less what Scott was talking about with the ADP. And now I'm just like, you're an idiot. Why didn't you do that? Yeah, I, I would I would take Darnold in a first for Allen easily all day. Yeah, he later traded Darnold and a first and a second for some other piece that was similar to Allen. And I just realized I really messed up. So happens I, to all I did trade body. an Allen share the other day, but it wasn't uh it wasn't exact a pivot on this type of trade. It wasn't a quarterback for quarterback move, but I did get a, a deal involving uh I traded Allen, Darius Geis, DJ Chark, and TJ Hawkinson for Christian McCaffrey, Duke Johnson, and Tevin Coleman. So I mean the other guy needed a quarterback player. and I had to give up, you know, Hawkinson and Chark, which are, you know, big pieces, but I think the idea was kind of like what Matt said. I was able to sell the other guy that, hey, 30% of that deal I'm giving is equity with Josh Allen. I'd rather do that and make it work at quarterback elsewhere and try to figure that out because I can get a quarterback. The beautiful thing about what Matt said about the quarterback tier being from like 7 to 21 being really flat is you can probably go out there and get a Garoppolo or Tannehill or Bridgewater. Like if you really wanted to pay up and you needed a quarterback, you could probably get those guys for draft picks or for a receiver or something like that. Um, So I figured, Hey, if this guy's going to offer me one of the chips that I can give in the deal to get McCaffrey is Josh Allen, then boom, I got to hit accept. Yeah. That was definitely a smart move and is definitely the opposite of giving yourself a haircut in quarantine. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, we are going to actually talk about some of the other guys that we briefly touched on in this conversation. And we're going to start with Aaron Rodgers, um, big friend and fan of the show. John Hogue is still convinced that Rodgers can be the QB one. Uh, Matt is a Packers fan. So we're going to start with Matt this time <laughs> and let him just really, really just tell us how you feel after the draft, Matt. Are you guys, are you guys familiar with, the, this is an animal show too, right, Bobby? So, are you guys familiar with the beha- like a certain behavior that uh, the cuckoo bird has? Can't the say cuckoo I bird. Am. The cuckoo bird. Uh, one of the things they like to do is to uh, land into a nest of another bird that has eggs in it, push one of their eggs out, and lay their eggs in there and have uh, <laughs> and have the other birds basically raise their baby for them. Uh, and it's also, if you didn't know, that's where the term cuck comes from. <laughs> so I feel like, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is like the cuck of the, the football world right now. He, he's, you know, he's, he's taking care of the team and the team. They planted that Jordan Love egg in that nest. Uh, <laughs> and now they're going to have him take, him take care of him. I just, I, I, I just, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I have been a Packers fan for 30 years and this last draft class has made me seriously question that. Um, but in terms of 2020, um, I think he's going to be okay. I think he'll be better than last year. I think he has a chance to get up in that 3,800 to 4,000 yard range, which is certainly isn't elite anymore. Uh, you know, 25 to 30 touchdowns. I, I think that he can probably get to 30. Um, if Jay Sternberger kind of makes a leap uh, as like a second receiving option, because clearly they decided that in the best wide receiver draft in, in history, they weren't going to help him out at all. So to me, the, it feels like the writing is the wall on the wall for Rodgers, but he's the type. And then this is totally narrative street. I get that. But I do as, as following him for so long, I do know that he's the type that, you know, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's going to he's going to try to make something happen with that team and prove them that they were wrong for drafting that quarterback, whether that leads to them 
keeping him or tr- moving on for him or whatever. I don't know, but I think he's not going to let that uh, let let their treatment of him kind of affect. Uh, his ability on the field. So I do have a little bit of optimism for him for this year, but as a dynasty asset, he's clearly declining. You know, I, I think I'm probably the highest ranker on him at this point. I think I'd have him just like outside the top 10, maybe 11, something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, but he, he probably does belong down in the, in the range with those other older guys, Matt Ryan and, and Matthew Stafford. And it's hard to say at this point that they don't have better offensive weapons that he, than he does. So uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. I think that he still has some elite seasons in there in, in him. If he was able to move on or get to a team that is going to, you know, surround him with talent, which the Packers haven't done since spending a high pick on Devonte Adams, you know, years ago. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of in limbo with him. Like if I have him on my team, I'm probably keeping him, keeping him. I don't think you can really get enough for him to, to warrant moving him unless you're in a complete re- rebuild and you're just selling off assets. Like if you're in a, in a contending kind of mode, I don't think you're going to really be able to get enough to make it worth your while. So I'm probably going to ride and die with Rogers, but maybe that's part of me being a Packer fan. At least you guys got AJ Dillon. So you know, at least, at least <laughs> just got to get that running back. Scott, let's uh, hear what you have to say about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so I think we have to look at this from, you know, the the idea of he can still be the quarterback one is, I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's, uh, you know, his his finishes the last couple years have gone downhill. He was quarterback eight or quarterback six in 2017, then quarterback nine in 2018, quarterback 14 in 2019. So nothing about that trend tells you that he can be the quarterback one, let alone a quarterback one is probably a good outcome for him in 2020. Uh, But then you even look at, you know, I know quarterback rating isn't isn't the everything, but his quarterback rating, he hasn't finished in the top 10 in quarterback rating in the last two years. So nothing really, nothing really points to him being an elite quarterback anymore. But I do think that kind of the discussion we had with Josh Allen, I think this range of quarterback, if you're willing to take on the risk that maybe you can get, let's just say three more low end quarterback, one high quarterback, two seasons from Rodgers. I do think he is uh he actually is a buy for me in Dynasty because me. there's a lot of other quarterbacks that are within that same tier that do carry risk. And kind of what I mentioned before, if Rodgers is in the NFL, he he's going to start. It's not like he's going to fade out so badly that he's a backup. Whereas I don't think that's that's not out of the range of outcomes for, you know, Drew Locke or even Jimmy Garoppolo or Tannehill or Bridgewater. I mean, these guys basically have huge 2020 seasons in front of them. If they don't have a good season, you know, you're going to see some jobs that we don't expect. One weird thing, if you just go back at the ADP from three years ago, we're just talking three years and you just go through the top like 20, you know, it's Mariota, it's Winston, it's Carr, it's Luck, it's Dalton, it's Bortles. I mean, all these guys were littered in the top 20. So there's going to be attrition within a year or two that we don't even see coming. You know, there's going to be guys that we're valuing, you know, quarterback 18, 19 now in two years, they're, they're worthless. And so there is a level of security with Rogers. And I think of what Matt said, Ryan Stafford and Rogers, he has by far the least steam right now in the community. A lot more people would probably want to buy those guys over Rogers. So I do think there's an opportunity. If you, if you have somebody that, you know, maybe you fish around and you know, they're a little worried about his age. I'm totally fine, you know, trying to move around some of these other guys, you know, like a Gardner Minshew. If you could add to Minshew and get Rodgers, I think you're buying yourself a lot more security there. Uh, Bridgewater, same thing. You know, if you look at his deal, 
it's possible that they push him with a quarterback in 2021 that quickly. So, you know, I think there's some pivot opportunities that I'm actually see Rogers is having a pretty safe three year window. And I want to get Matt's take on this, but the Jordan Love thing is there. I mean, what 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 could possibly happen? I mean, what if Rogers ends up uh, replacing Garoppolo or something in San Francisco in like a year or two? That's not out. Of, there's not a non-zero chance that that happens. So you know, maybe he finished out his career somewhere like Peyton Manning, and he can have another year or two where it's like the offense props him up to a top five or six quarterback versus him having to do it right now in Green Bay. Yeah, I was I was going to say, you know, he we know he can be elite. He's been elite in the past. So I, I think it's still in him. It's, you know, either it's, you know, sucking down his own ego and finding a team that is going to give him some weapons to play with. Cause on cause he hasn't, he just hasn't had that. Like when you're starting, I mean, listen, I like Alan Lazard just fine. Uh, but when you're starting Alan Lazard and, and MVS and, and you're trying to make it work with a Jimmy Graham that can't move at all, like it just like, what do you, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm making excuses, but I do think one of the mistakes we're making with Rodgers is something that is a mistake that we probably made with Brady. You know, once he hit 36, 37 years old, we were like, oh, he's done. You know, he's going to be out of here in a couple of years. It's time to move on from him, sell him. And, you know, Rodgers is, I think he's a guy who's going to play into it to play to 40, play to 41. So potentially you have, like you said, that security. So, I mean, if we, in a startup draft, if he's in a super flex startup draft, if he's falling super far and you can get him for, for cheap, you know, you could have a, a four to five year starter on your hands pretty easily. So uh, I still think there's some value there. And might, maybe, like you said, it is, you know, a lot to do with the security of him, but he's going to be starting as long as in the league. And, and if, if Green Bay isn't going to appreciate him, somebody is going to appreciate him. Despite my ribbing at Matt a bit, and not so much for Dynasty, I did take Rodgers as my QB2 in the Scott Fishbowl. So, so safe there. It's like, I yeah. mean, he hasn't thrown double-digit interceptions for, what, a decade? So uh, I think you're looking pretty good with, uh, you know, 60 And I paired him with for places Kyler, who I thought was a bit of a more risky pick, but you have to make those risky picks to win a tournament yeah, like that. But I figured the pairing of the two of them should make me pretty well set at a quarterback. And I'm with you guys. I do think Rodgers is probably a buy. I think a lot of these older quarterbacks, we do tend to devalue. I have a personal example where uh, in 2017, I bought Philip Rivers for a late first, and he's continued to start for that team for the past three or four years because the guy sold him being like, oh, he's not going to start in like a year or two, and he's given me way more value than even honestly I anticipated at the time. So it's never a terrible idea to try to buy low on some of these older quarterbacks. And the guy we're going to talk about next isn't necessarily on the older side, but he's not as young as some. And that's Matthew Stafford, who pretty much everyone at this point knows that before he got injured, he was a QB six in points per game and on a ridiculous pace, uh, both in real life and fantasy wise. And I want to get both your takes on Stafford, but also a little bit on Galladay because Galladay obviously still kind of balled out last year without Stafford there. And, I personally think he's going to have a huge season because of that. And Scott, let's uh, get you to give your take first this time. You know, Stafford was a weird one because after the season ended, it ended on such a sour note that I actually heard people talking about, well, hey, you know, with his wife's condition, you know, she had the the brain tumor last summer and then he ended the season hurt. You know, there were some, and I don't know if these were just Twitter rumblings, but there were some rumblings that, hey, he may be a guy that hangs it up early. You know, he doesn't really play through another contract. And if you look at just DLF's ADP, he was quarterback 19 in January. 
And that was before Tua Burrow and Herbert even came into the ADP. And then now he's quarterback 15, and that's with Burrow, Tua, and Herbert in there. So he's essentially gained seven spots from January to June. And what's really happened? Other than Narrative Street about, hey, you know, he returned to form in 2019 for the first eight games. He was basically on pace with what he had done from 2011 to 2017 before that. 2018 was an outlier, obviously. Uh, But if you really look at his career, it's very similar to, and he's better, I think, but it's very similar to Philip Rivers, where it's just like, you know what you're getting every single year. And he puts up the volume as well to where, you know, I think if you can predict that he's going to stay around, I actually think he's, he's getting to the point now where I think he's a little too, there's too much shine on him to where it's kind of hard to buy low at this point. You know, quarterback 15 is pushing it a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you could guarantee that he was going to play into his late thirties, I mean, for the same reasons we said to buy Rogers, I think it's even more enhanced with Stafford. So I think he's going to return this year to, you know, kind of where they were before in uh, regarding Galladay. You know, I think Galladay is one of those guys where it's like, he's already being valued at his ceiling. And I don't think, I do think there's a chance that he has one of those ultimate seasons where he does get 150, 160 targets. Uh, but my thoughts on him are, you know, if anyone's heard my my rants on wide receivers, I mean, wide receivers at this point in Dynasty are so saturated outside of the target hogs. And there's maybe, what, two or three target hogs, maybe even two now that, you know, Hopkins is going to Arizona. When I get down in that range where, you know, I have any volatility with the offense or with the quarterback, and you're only getting like 135, 140 targets, I tend to just want to pivot off of those guys. So I think Galladay at his price, if I had to pick buy or sell just to go that route, I'd probably sell him and just try to pivot down to, uh, you know, DJ Chark or someone like that. You can probably get something on top of it. So, you know, he's he's a year away from hitting that age 27 point where it's like people start to freak out about how long he's going to last. So I think he'd be a sell, but I can understand where people are projecting him really high for 2020. Yeah. And Matt, what do you think on both of those takes? Yeah, Stafford is such a crazy case because he's he's only 31. How is he only 31? It's because he started playing when he was 21. Uh so uh I think the potential is that I think he's I, I think you're I think you might be right, Scott. I think he's someone who could go either way. He could play another 10 years or he could he could hang it up early. He's made so much money already and if he's going to keep playing he's going to get another contract in fact while we're sitting here i just wanted to to, to look up specifically uh this is from a post from january uh, late january on spo track but right now he is this is before patrick mahomes contract and all this but he was the ninth already the ninth has made the ninth most money in his career at 211 million dollars and he's going to get another gigantic contract if he continues to play uh, past 2022, I think is when they're probably going to have to have to think about re-signing him. Maybe even 2021 after 2021. So uh, it, it's going to be up to him. But in terms of his outlook, I mean, he's I think he's such an underrated quarterback. Just in terms of what he's done production wise, um, he's never been outside of the Calvin Johnson years, and maybe even during those years outside of Calvin Johnson, he's never been really surrounded with super elite pass catching weapons. Um, and now he has. Two really good ones, I think. Uh, Kenny Gallaudet, like we mentioned, uh, he would probably be a sell, sell for me too, just based on the things that Scott said. Uh, but I would be buying Marvin Jones if I'm looking for some better in production. He's somebody who has produced every time, every every year he's been healthy. Uh, I think he's a threat for for double digit touchdowns. That's such a a funnel offense towards those two. And I, depending on how you feel about Hawkinson coming into this year, uh, you know, it, it really is those top two. And and like, what else is there at receiver for those guys for for the Lions? So. Uh, uh, 
uh, based on the receivers, I would rather have Jones just based on price right now, um, as I think the production isn't going to be too similar. I, I would bet if, 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 if both receivers stay healthy, I bet they're both over a thousand yards and I bet they're both close to, close to double digit touchdowns. Um, and, and Galladay, you know, is probably going to have two or 300 yards more than Jones, but I don't think it's going to be so, such a big difference where it necessitate, necessitates that difference in price. Uh, I didn't pull up the ADP difference, but I imagine it's probably like, 10 plus rounds between the two of them. Uh, what well, Galladay is what, like a fourth or fifth round pick at this point. And, and I'm, I'm sure Jones is going after the 10th, 10th, 10th to 12th round somewhere in there just because of age. So, uh, I'm okay with Stafford. I, I think, I think if I have him, he's another guy that I don't think you're necessarily going to get value for trading and he might be a little bit too expensive at this point at quarterback 15 to warrant. Um, trading for, but I, but go, go back to Josh, Josh Allen. I would probably move Josh Allen. You know, I don't think you have to move him straight up for Stafford, but if it came down to it and I needed to, I, I would. I think you could probably get something on top of Stafford, um, back for Allen at this point. But, uh, if not, I, I that's, that's a move I don't mind making. You know, I, I if, if we're looking at long-term outlook, I mean, does, does, is it really guaranteed that Allen has more starts left in him than Matt Stafford? I'm not sure that it is. So, uh, yeah, I, I like Stafford. I just don't know. I think he's kind of like I think he's kind of like an, an ultimate hold. Like, as I don't I don't know if you're going to really uh, get too much out out of him at this point if you're trying to move him. Yeah, to back up your point on uh, Jones, at least I actually have gotten him for third round rookie picks on a few contenders, yeah. so he is excessively cheap. Uh, Stafford, I have as now a fourth quarterback in a fourteen team league. We just had our rookie wow. auction, and for whatever reason, I decided that I was going to bid on Justin Herbert too. So I now have Herbert, Baker, Mayfield, Daniel Jones, and Stafford. And so I decided just out of curiosity to put Stafford on the block, figuring, okay, if I can get a decent wide receiver or running back back for him, I'll at least consider it since I have four guys. And I didn't get any bites. In fact, I tried to trade with someone else and go out on my own. And I think it was like, I'll give you Matthew Stafford for like Gardner Minshew, David Johnson, and a rookie pick. And they were like, no, I'm not doing that. So Stafford is just incredibly you know, underrated you know who you need to move bobby come on you know which one you need to move you never I'm, will but you know which one you need to move daniel jones is staying on my team <laughs> i think that might be my only daniel jones share too so he's definitely staying there well that's but, why we almost just need to crowdsource it and try to move any of the three and see where where you can get the best for the three because i do think you have you know similar risk with all of them you know what I mean? I think you probably yeah. would be a better off chopping all three and seeing what the best offer is. Because process wise, I mean, I think Stafford would be the one you'd want to hold there. He's probably the most predictable of the three as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, but yeah, his market buzz is probably lower than the other two for sure. Yeah. And I bought Baker uh, in this offseason, actually thinking, OK, I really want an upgrade at quarterback. And then just things kind of fell into place that I ended up with Herbert, too. So we'll see what happens. But I've always been a Stafford fan. I won my first fantasy football league ever. And this is showing people that I have not been playing that long uh, with Matthew Stafford. I believe it was either his rookie season or his second season. Uh, he was my quarterback and he was super inconsistent, but he was on my team and he won or I won. So then I felt that psychological like attachment to him of, hey, you quarterbacked my winning team. So I've always been a pretty big Stafford fan that way. We are going to uh, transition, though, into our Animal of the Week. And, Scott, what we like to do is have our guests tell us a bit about why they picked that animal. So, in your case, it was lions. and I thought it was tigers. Or, or Sorry, was it tigers? I thought, I it thought was it was tigers. tigers. Oh, yeah. I, put in, I put in the wrong thing in the show sheet. That's on me. 
And that will be an early extinction of the week of me putting wrong things in the show sheet. So tell everyone why you like tigers. And then Matt will give some fun facts about tigers. Well, it's funny that you brought up lions because that's where my fascination always stemmed from is ever since I was a kid, I love tigers. I thought they were just beautiful, majestic animals, but I always had, you know, kind of this wonder in the back of my mind, you know, lions versus tigers, who are the true king of the jungle. And I'm a Bengals fan, so that has nothing to do with the Tigers, but I always took you know, a liking to Tiger images and Tiger logos. Uh, but the reason I love Tigers is you, know, you can go on – I want to get Matt's take on this too. Cause you, you can go on YouTube and you know, basically look up who would win in a fight, Lions versus Tigers. And <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing how scientific some of those videos are. You know, hour-long breakdowns of – all of the traits and all of the behavior characteristics and stuff as to why, you know, the tiger would have the advantage or the lion would have the advantage. And then of course it's always, you know, someone will say, well, they'll go on for 45 minutes and then say, well, it depends, depends on where the fight is. What are the conditions? You know, all of that kind of stuff. But just just to me, tigers are, they're just fascinating animals. Um, I'm a cat lover. I have four cats, uh, so I've just always taken a liking to cats. And so tigers are, to me, the tigers are the king of the jungle. My conclusion was tigers would, tigers would win over lions. So that's why tigers really no more scientific than that. And Matt, do you have some fun facts to share about tigers as well as a charity where people can donate if they want to uh, support tigers? I know we've talked about, I believe it was Big Cat in the past. Is that one of the ones? Oh no, don't go to Big Cat Rescue. Yeah, not, not now. Not fucking Carol Baskins. <laughs> uh, no, do not send your money to Carol Baskins, please. Um, I, I'll, the, the charity is, is panthera.org is the one I like for big cats. Uh, they do a ton of good work, not with just, just with tigers, with lions, jaguars, snow leopards, leopards, uh, cheetahs, stuff like that. Pr- pretty much all of the quote unquote big pets. Um, but tigers are, they are, I, I, it's, I usually, I usually don't like to talk about animal versus animal but i think a tiger would probably destroy a lion lions are are uh just having worked with both lions are are quite a bit less intimidating than uh than than uh tigers are um so if the the lion has their pride with them now we're talking about something else because because tigers they are solitary animals you're probably not going to find them sharing the same location too much mostly because of uh uh, resource distribution right if you're a tiger if you're a tiger you need a lot of food um so you don't want to really be overlapping territory too much with others but i did learn today uh when i was looking at them that a group of tigers any guesses what they might be called? Because, you know, group, groups of animals are called different things, like a flock or a pride. Or maybe one of my favorite ones is crows. It's a murder of crows. But tigers have a good one, too. Any guesses? <sighs> no, I'm stumped. I was really trying to come up with something creative and just couldn't do it. Uh, there are two. One of them is an ambush. An ambush of tigers, which I think is pretty cool. And it makes sense because they are ambush predators. They're not somebody like a cheetah that's going to, you know, chase down their prey, uh, you know, for long distances or whatever. They're more more ambush predators. They're nocturnal. They're going to stalk their prey. Um, so that's pretty neat. Um, tigers, uh, you may have heard probably maybe from Tiger watching Tiger King as everybody has seen that. Tigers can mate with other big cats. You can have a lion and a tiger mate and they're uh, called a liger. Um, or a, a, a lion or whatever. I think there's, there's, there's another version too, depending on if it's the male or female of which one. Um, tiger stripes, they're not just their fur. It's actually, they're actually found on their skin. So uh, that's pretty neat. If you shave them down, they're, they're still striped. This one is, is funny. Uh, some, Bobby, you have a dog. Have you ever smelled the bottom of your dog's feet? This is yeah. probably a weird question. It kind of smells like it, corn chips. Yeah, they smell like Fritos, right? 
Well, tiger urine, uh, I'm not sure if I could say this. I don't know if I've ever necessarily smelt it on purpose, but some people like to say, and including some of my friends who are tiger keepers, say that tiger urine kind of smells like buttered popcorn. I'm going to take their word for it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so uh, they have a really kind of diverse diet. They 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 basically eat whatever they can get their paws on boars deer rodents bears uh at, at times birds rhinos crocodiles um so uh they're they're just they're just pretty badass cats man i'm just going to add uh, one thing here and it's my own personal knowledge of tigers it's more an entertainment thing it's not an actual informative thing but everyone knows from the hangover about mike tyson's tiger mm-hmm. Yep. He was forced to sell that tiger because it ripped someone's arm off. So do not have tigers <laughs> as pets. That's my PSA. No tigers as pets. That is a good PSA. Do you know, do you guys know why this is, to, we're totally off the rails now, but do you guys know why Tyson became a fighter like in, in, the, in the first place? Does it have to do with tigers? Didn't no, like but it? it has to do with animals. He used to raise pigeons on, on the roof. He had like, I don't know if you've ever seen like, um, like I guess people in New York, they have these big uh, coops where they raise ki- uh, pigeons, and Mike Tyson did that. And a bully came over one day and t- grabbed the pigeon and broke its neck in front of him. And Mike Tyson decked him, wow. and that was kind of the start of his <laughs> start of his fighting career. So that's awesome. Although I'm not going to lie, when you mentioned it initially, I thought he had like a Batman like origin story where it was like I don't know, tigers <laughs> like killed his parents in the alley, and so he kept one as a pet to show who was dominant or something. I really don't know where you were going with that, but one one other thing I'll say, I put it in the chat for you guys to watch if you want. But if you if you guys listening, if you want to Google it uh, or go to YouTube, you can search for I think it's like most famous tiger attack or something. You can see a tiger like there's a guy riding an elephant in India, and a tiger comes out of the the, the tall grass basically and jumps up, like tries to grab this guy off of an elephant. It's insane. That sounds. Ooh, I gotta check that out. That sounds really <laughs> intense. Uh, well, thanks for letting us know about Tigers, Matt. And again, that was panthera.org. Yes, panthera.org. They do great work. I have friends that work for that organization. And with that, we are going to transition to what we would rather go extinct rather than tigers or lions or any other animal. Uh, I guess I'll lead it off since I already preempted mine. But now it's just going to be don't mess up show sheets, self, and also self you didn't work out today and you should have worked out today. So self you're burned and you should go extinct at least today. Matt, do you have one you want to share with the people? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stay with the one I've been going with the last couple of weeks, Bob, because people still aren't doing it. Wear your freaking masks. Arizona. I saw a report yesterday on NPR over the last week. Arizona is number one in the world. And like there's countries included in this list uh, in terms of new COVID cases. Like it's, we're not going to get out of this if you guys stop continue to not wear your mask. So just just wear your mask. And if you don't wear your mask, then I'm happy to have you go extinct. And Scott, do you have an <laughs> extinction of the week? Yeah, I have actually kind of piggybacks off of Matt's. And I don't want this to be a PSA about mask wearing and taking care of your health. I do. Um, I do. Well, I'll spin it when we get to our positivity. I'll spin it a little bit. But you know, I walked in the other day to a convenience store and I did wear my mask. At first, I was somebody that was like, you know, I, I don't know if these masks are necessary, but I've, I've come around to where, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it just for, you know, the fellow humans. I'm going to wear it wherever I can. But I was in front of somebody or behind somebody in line and, you know, they were decked out. They had a mask. They had sanitizing wipes coming out of their pocket, but they were buying cigarettes. 
And it's just like, that is just a snapshot of, you know, maybe how we look at things on one end really well. And then on the other end, it's like, we're kind of, you know, running in place, you know, we're not really getting any going forward uh, with some of this. So that that's what I w- wish would go extinct is just, you know, I hate to get on anybody about their lifestyle because we all have our vices, but it's like, yes, we're wearing the masks, but there's so many other things out there that we can do that maybe this pandemic will get people to look at their own immunity and their own lifestyle and their health a little bit differently and not just rely on a mask or not rely on everybody else to behave a certain way or not rely on a vaccine. You know, those things can help, but there's a lot of things we have control over that we've basically just given up on over the years. Yeah, I hear you there. I definitely think that's true. And to a certain extent, you also see like the response to the pandemic, for example, and there's all this stuff going on with climate change. And you think like, okay, we've responded this way to the pandemic. Why can't we necessarily respond this way to saving the Amazon rainforest or doing something else that might benefit the planet we all live on. Uh, that's just a layered rant on top of yours. So I guess I had a bonus extinction of the week, but <laughs> we will uh, transition to our positivity and I will let you guys lead off since I love off of mine and Matt, you can go first since I don't like to put our guests on the spot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have something this week. Uh, as you, you met Megan, Bobby, my, my girlfriend, she's actually going to be moving in at the end of the month. So uh, things are, are progressing, getting a little more serious. So pretty exciting. Yeah, that's that's what I got. Uh, we'll that's, see where that goes. I'm, I'm excited and nervous, but, you know, got to make that jump at some point, right? That's fantastic news. And I would have been mad at you if you didn't make that step at some point because she's great. <laughs> so yeah, I would have called you an idiot if you didn't uh, eventually <laughs> take it more seriously. And Scott, do you have a positivity of the week? Yeah, I kind of want to just go full circle on what I talked about with the extinct is, you know, you mentioned going to the gym every day. And I think there's so many different things that we can do that maybe during this pandemic, during the quarantine time where you're stuck at home, a lot of self-reflection. I think a lot of there's going to be a lot of good that comes out of this. It would believe it or not, there's going to be a lot of innovation and a lot of ideas that come out of this because a lot of people had no choice but to just stop getting caught up in some of the daily you know, drama or the daily things that just, you know, basically envelop their whole life. And they've actually had a time to think and a time to spend with family and all of that kind of stuff. So I think just being a little more self-aware about who you are, how you go about your life, what you do for others, and your own health falls into that. You know, there's, there's so many things that we kind of just give up control on and just say, we'll worry about it later. But maybe this is a little bit of a time to self-reflect. So in you know, at some point we're going to go back to somewhat normal life to where we forget about this, even if it's in two years from now or whatever. Uh, but don't forget about it. You know, remember, remember those times where you had nothing to do and you were stuck in your house and you couldn't go anywhere and you couldn't see your friends and you couldn't see your family. You know, remember those times and almost behave like you were like that, you know, reach out to those people and don't take that stuff for granted. You know, make some lifestyle changes. So, you know, forget about your own your own health and immunity. There's only so much you can do, you know, if you were to get COVID-19 or whatnot. But think about that. You know, think about trying to build your armor up in your own body, in your own health, in your own mental health and all that stuff as best as you can. And it will help at least deal with some of the stuff we're doing right now. Yeah, that actually segues. I had two possible pos- positivities for the week. But that segues really well into one of mine, which is I berated myself for not working out today specifically. But uh, recently, in the past, I'd say month or so, and I 
publicly acknowledged it on Twitter recently, but I've been trying to exercise more and I've been running every other day about two or three miles. And in the past two or three weeks, I've also have cut out all drinks that are not water or hot teas. So I wow. don't drink any sodas anymore. I don't drink juice. I only drink water or hot tea. And beer? That, no beer. Um, I'll probably drink whiskey on occasion. But coffee? No coffee, just hot tea and wow. water. Wow. Kudos to you, man. So I could never. Yeah. You know, as Scott was talking about, I got to a point where I realized I wasn't as healthy as I wanted to be in terms of my own uh, physical fitness. And I wanted to work on that and quarantine was a good time to do it. So that's uh, what I've been focusing on. And then the other one I was just going to add is I started a new job this week, as I think a lot of people are aware, and it's going really well and they're treating me really well. And it's good to see because I, for a lot of people, they may not know this, but I quit my old job because basically I wasn't treated as well as I wanted to be. So it's nice to see the payoff from quitting and going back to school and now starting a new job that I at least I may be in the honeymoon phase, but I'm definitely very happy with it. New nice. job, new house, man, Bobby, new, 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 uh, hygiene, health, health uh, routine. <laughs> you, you are a new man. That was honestly part of it was, uh, I told myself I achieved a lot of these other life goals of mine. So I needed a new one to focus on. And I was like, Hey, you haven't focused on fitness for a long time. Why don't you do that? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So that we are going to, uh, start to wrap up, but, I appreciate, again, Scott, you joining us today and the wise words just about football and self-reflection and also about tigers, not lions, and not giving yourself a haircut in quarantine. Uh, Do you have anything you'd like to say before we wrap up? No, I just appreciate you guys coming on or letting me come on the show. And it was a good time talking about football, but also talking about a lot of other things. I like the I like the setup that you guys have by breaking it up and getting to talk about other life things going on besides football, because, you know, who knows what's going to happen with football. That's uh, still kind of up in the air at this point. So just glad to be here. Great discussion. Appreciate uh, the words and appreciate the input from Matt, especially on Tigers, because I'm fascinated by him. <laughs> Yeah, it's really good to talk to you, Scott. I've listened to you for a while, so it's great to be on a show with you finally. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely great to be able to podcast with you for the first time. And for those who want to be able to find Scott, you can find him, as I mentioned earlier, Charles Chill FB on Twitter. Hit him up. Check out all the various podcasts we mentioned at the beginning of the show. You can find Matt and his various podcasts that he's on as well at Matt Price FF. I believe he's still doing Dynasty Game Night, although maybe I haven't been paying as much attention to podcasts. It feels like it's been a while. It has been a while. We did just do a kind of a crossover episode on uh, Trade Addicts, though. So John and I came on and we played a played a name game. But we are definitely behind on on the actual episodes of of Dynasty Game Night. Well, I'll have to check out that Trade Addicts pod and everyone else should check it out. You should check it out anyway because they're great and obviously... I'm not just saying that because Russ Fisher edits the show. And uh, with that, we're going to get out of here. But you can find me at Rec Fantasy. That's R-E-K-E-D Fantasy. And again, I never know why I say this at the end of the show, but you can find this show at Zuperflex on Twitter. Until next time, keep it classy, Fantasy Twitter.